Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Anatomy and Physiology On The Go podcast, the podcast intended to provide you with brief, important, big picture ideas and concepts in the realm of human anatomy and physiology. I'm your host, Gilda Harris, and I'm a professor at St. Philip's College in San Antonio, Texas. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you're made aware of all the newest content that I create. Without further ado, let's get on to the next episode. Today's episode of the Anatomy and Physiology On The Go podcast will start with a multi-part series covering blood. Blood is a specialized connective tissue that is composed of specialized cells suspended in a fluid matrix. The function of blood is to transport dissolved gases, nutrients, hormones, and metabolic waste, and to regulate the pH and ion composition of the interstitial fluids, to restrict fluid loss at sites of injury, to defend against toxins and pathogens, and to stabilize body temperature. The blood inside your body has a temperature of 100.4 degrees Fahrenheit or 38 degrees Celsius. Blood is highly viscous, meaning that it is thick and doesn't pour quickly. This is due to the suspended cells in the fluid. The blood volume is approximately 7% of your body weight. Whole blood is made up of two components, the fluid portion, which is called plasma, and the cell fragments, which are called formed elements. Blood can be fractionated by a machine called a centrifuge to separate the plasma from the formed elements. Plasma is about 55% of blood and itself is more than 90% water and a small percentage of dissolved proteins and other solutes. These dissolved proteins include albumin, globulin, fibrinogen and other plasma proteins. More than 90% of these dissolved proteins are made in the liver. Antibodies, which are a type of globulin, are made by the plasma cells. As mentioned, blood is 55% plasma and the other 45% is composed of formed elements. There are three types of formed elements, red blood cells, white blood cells, and platelets. This episode will focus on red blood cells. Red blood cells are also known as erythrocytes because erythro is a Greek word meaning red. Red blood cells make up 99.9% of the formed elements of your blood. Red blood cells are unique that they do not have a nucleus and cannot divide. Red blood cells live for about 120 days and then die. There is not cell division or growth. The function of red blood cells is to bind and transport oxygen and carbon dioxide. It does this task through its hemoglobin. Red blood cells are small and are biconcave shapes which increase their surface area for gas exchange. Red blood cells are unique in the fact that they can form stacks like dinner plates to help them move in a single file line as they bend their way through these tight capillaries. These stacks are called Rouleau. Some people are born with a genetic disorder called sickle cell disease. This is because their red blood cells look crescent, like a crescent moon or a sickle shaped, and they are unable to stack or bend their way through the capillaries. 
People with sickle cell disease can have an anemia because their crescent moon shape red blood cells are fragile and typically die t in 10 to 20 days, which is far shorter than the 120 day lifespan of a normal red blood cell. This puts them at a shortage of red blood cells at any given time, which is called anemia. People with sickle cell can also develop periodic episodes of severe pain when their sticky, inflexible red blood cells prevent blood flow through capillaries in the chest, abdomen, or joints, causing poor oxygenation of tissue and resulting in severe pain. People with sickle cell disease can also have swollen hands and feet due to poor oxygenation, frequent infections due to spleen damage, delayed growth and puberty due to lack of oxygen and nutrient delivery, and vision problems as tiny blood vessels in their eyes can become plugged with sickle cells. People with sickle cell may receive blood or bone marrow tra transplant, hyperbaric oxygen treatment or continuous oxygen treatment, and a medication called hydroxyurea, which makes the red blood cells bigger and rounder. As previously mentioned, red blood cells contain a specialized protein called hemoglobin which helps them transport respiratory gases. Hemoglobin contains four globular subunits. Two are called alpha chains and two are called beta chains. Each of these four subunits contain one molecule of heme and each one contains an iron. Oxygen binds directly to each iron. Since each hemoglobin has four irons, each hemoglobin can bind four oxygen. Each red blood cell has more than 280 million hemoglobins, thus each red blood cell can have over 1 billion oxygen molecules bound to it. When an oxygen molecule binds with a hemoglobin in the lungs, it is termed oxyhemoglobin. When this oxyhemoglobin travels to oxygen-starved tissues, the oxygen can dissociate from the hemoglobin into the tissue producing deoxyhemoglobin. While in the tissue, deoxyhemoglobin can now pick up a molecule of carbon dioxide which is a waste product of aerobic respiration and forms carbaminohemoglobin. This carbon dioxide then travels to the lung to be expelled via breathing. Our final discussion in this episode will deal with erythropoiesis which is a fancy name for red blood cells production. All red blood cells begin life as a stem cell in the red bone marrow called a hemocytoblast. As a stem cell, this hemocytoblast can eventually differentiate into a red blood cell, any of the white blood cell lines, or a platelet. When a hormone called erythropoietin is released by the kidney, it tells the hemocytoblast to differentiate into a red blood cell. There are multiple stages involved. Initially, a red baby cell is called an erythroblast and contains a nucleus. After a few days, the nucleus is ejected from the cell and this anucleated baby red blood cell is called reticulocyte and enters the bloodstream. One or two days later, while moving through the circulation, the reticulocyte obtains biconcaveness and matures into a fully functional erythrocyte. This concludes the first portion of our blood discussion, red blood cells. In the next episode, we will discuss blood types. As always, please subscribe, comment, and share these episodes so that they can continue being produced.